With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, welcome to the latest edition of the Autosport Podcast. Today marked the release date of the results from the latest Formula One global fan survey conducted by Formula One and Motorsport Network in partnership with Nielsen. The 2021 Global F1 Fan Survey marked the largest sample of F1 fans ever analysed, gauging the opinion of over 160,000 fans to get their say on the current state of F1 and the future of the sport. It helps us to piece together not only what F1's audience looks like, but also how it has changed in the four years since the last fan survey. My name is Luke Smith, Autosport's Formula 1 reporter, and to discuss the results of today's survey, I'm joined by James Allen, President of Motorsport Network, and Charles Bradley, Global Editor-in-Chief of Motorsport.com. Gents, it's great to talk to you following the publication of the survey today. As I mentioned in the introduction, a record fan response. We've got 167,302 responses, which is a really huge achievement. Uh, James, could you maybe talk a little bit about the origins of the fan survey and how this was put together between F1 and Motorsport Network? This is following in a tradition of of these uh, surveys that Charles knows all too well, having been involved in them for for many, many years, with Motorsport Network going back to 2015, 2017, but even further back than that uh, with uh, F1 Racing, for example. So we've got a tremendous uh, data set stretching back uh, many, many years to, to work from. This one was to analyze the progress that's been made really in the last uh, five years or so to to go straight to Formula One to work with them on um, on understanding um, exactly how things have moved forward, particularly around you know, the effect that the digital media explosion really the the effect of 
of uh, projects like uh, Netflix Drive to Survive, you know, to what extent has that driven new audiences? To what extent are the audiences, you know, more female? How is the gaming and esports side of things? And, and how are attitudes, fans' attitudes to the sport changing as well? Um, to what they see on the track, to the, to the general vibe of Formula One, and the, the general feeling of, of the health of the sport. So it was a, a very timely to, to do this now. And the results are really very, very interesting. I think it's going to be a benefit to uh, everybody connected with the sport, really. Charles, you've been involved with these uh, surveys for a number of years, but to see such a huge response from the fans this time around, we had teams and drivers getting on board as well. How encouraging is that for where F1 is going? good to see I mean at the first survey I was involved with was uh, directly was 2015 uh, when we did it in association with the GPDA and we had a feeling that the uh, that, that the over the overriding um, almost approval rating of Formula One was 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 in a bad place and they absolutely said that you know we had some really really uh, poor brand attributes attached to the sport and it was clearly it was clearly time for for something to be done about it Six years later, I mean, it's it's we're in such such more of a healthy place. I would say, you know, even from the uh, from the from the audience, you know, the the important people, um, you know, the fact that the the average age has come down four years, even from just the 2017 survey, so to an average age of 32, to have more females watching Formula One than ever, to have more diversity, you know, obviously, it, Formula One's very European based. Uh, sport, but you know we're seeing a lot more in the Americas and the Middle East and Africa and uh, the Far East as well. So it's really great to see that uh, audience voting with their feet. I think in in this day and age, you quite often look at something like social media and say, "Well, you see, you, you hear, see, and hear from the fans every day on that." But I think it's that's a very sort of vocal minority. So it's great to get this huge data set of of, of fans and the fact it took takes over 10 minutes to do these surveys you know it's, that's actually quite a lot to ask for people to invest their time in getting these uh, getting these results so uh, i think it goes to show that there's there's some great fans out there and uh, and a huge amount of them Absolutely. And you mentioned a couple of the headline figures really coming out of this. We are seeing F1's audience get both younger, more diverse and uh, more female participation as well, which is really fantastic to see. And James, in the sort of four or five years since um, Liberty took over F1, that pretty much coincides with when the last report was. So do you think it's a good reflection of the reaction to a lot of the changes that have been enacted by F1's new owners? I think that's right, Luke. You know, I mentioned earlier on, you, you know, got these obvious funnels of, of bringing new fans in, which is great. I think the teams and Formula One themselves deserve a lot of credit for the way that they've pivoted and, in, and involved their, um, their social media output. You know, and we'll come on in a minute to talk about the teams that are doing well in terms of the, the, the popularity contest of favourite teams and favourite drivers. But I think there's quite a strong read across there from the ones who are doing the social media particularly well in a, in a very open and inclusive sort of way and I think that's really driving it you know I always say that you know anyone today can become a fan that's one of the, the great things that's been brought by the online world you know that the the internet social media it means that you know we've had responses from 187 countries 167,000 responses in total and it just proves that anyone anywhere can become a fan which wasn't the case in the past you know and even if the live TV is, is, is on pay ch- TV channels in a lot of countries. It doesn't seem to stop people from becoming F1 fans, from finding the content that they're interested in, um, in by whatever means, you know, and, and social media being a huge part of that. So I think that's, that's what we're seeing. Meanwhile, of course, the action on track has to be good. 
Um, clearly, we're in the early stages of the leveling up process that has, has everything to do with the, the leveling up of the, the sharing of the finances in, in Formula One. So to have a more level playing field, to narrow the gaps between the teams in performance terms. And it's early days for that yet. Let's let's see three, four, five years from now with the 2020 rule changes and, and all the rest of it. You know, if the field starts to close up even more, then I think the reaction to the feeling of the excitement of the sport, the entertainment value of it, the competitiveness of it will, will I'm sure, uh, increase even more. We are seeing good progress towards that end goal, I guess. But we look at the brand attributes that fans highlighted when they think about F1. Exciting was number one, which is great. But we also saw the words competitive and entertaining in the top five for the first time, which was a really, really good sign. And Charles, picking up on your point about, I guess, sort of a bit of uh, negativity, perhaps in the 2017 findings. Now, 55% of fans say F1 is in better health than it was five years ago, up from one in four fans four years ago. So it's a really, really positive sign. Uh, And I guess, is it encouraging for F1's rulemakers to see that things are moving in the right direction and to carry on on the path that they're set on? Yeah, definitely. I think um, going back to what I alluded to earlier about the 2015 survey, two of the brand attributes in the top four were boring and corrupt and it was almost like, hey, there you go, Liberty. That's that's what you've got. So the fact that it's now turned into, you know, exciting, technological, competitive, entertaining, all really good sort of uh, positive words uh, revolving around uh, Formula One at the moment. I think that does say that their stu- stewardship has has led it in in the right direction. And if it can continue to combine that with the new audiences that we've we've found, um, although t- two thirds of the fans who did. Re- Plus, F1 needs to do more to attract new fans. We're not at the end of the journey so far as uh, to, to getting that completely right. But the fact that 58% have said that the sport has the right balance of sport and entertainment, that's really come up from some really low levels in previous surveys. So I think that... Um, and, and you could also go along with that whole, uh, the, it's, the, it's the pinnacle of the sport, having 90% of your fans saying that's, that's, that's the truth. That's a really good validation of, uh, of, of what the sport is about and, and where it should be going in the future. Technological came out very high in 2017 with 60%. That's down to 45%, which is not a bad thing in my view. I think, you know, Formula One is about technology and innovation, but you don't want the technology to dominate the, the people and the racing. Uh, another one that I find interesting is prestigious. So prestigious was only 16.9 back in 2015. It went up to 29 and a half in the 2017 survey, and it's dropped down a little bit um, in this one to 23.9. Now you could look at that and say, well, that's not such a great thing because obviously Formula One markets itself to a lot of its global partners on a prestige basis. But I think that's a natural consequence of opening the sport up, if you like, and, and this, this younger audience and everything else. I think Formula One still is considered to be very stylish and very you know, upmarket and, and, and a quality premium product. But it's, uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing for the prestigious to have dropped down a little bit. No, absolutely. Uh, we're now going to get on to, as you mentioned earlier, James, probably one of the most interesting parts of the survey, which is the popularity of the drivers and the teams and who is F1's, well who is the favourite F1 driver among fans. And it was Lewis Hamilton who won that vote in 2017, but he's down to number three this year. And it's the man leading the championship, his title rival, Max Verstappen, who has displaced him at the top. He was voted fans' favourite driver with 14.4% of the votes. Naturally, number one in the Netherlands, but it was not... It was not 
decisive the Netherlands vote in making him number one. So, I mean, James, do you think that shows that Max has actually got quite a global following despite us being so used to seeing the Dutch fans in the grandstands wearing in their orange shirts? Yeah, I think this is a really, really interesting discovery from uh, from this survey. Um, it's It's not at all uh, Dutch biased as you say and he's he's very popular in the US he's popular in Japan which I guess also has a bit of a uh, um, um, owes a bit to the fact that he's driving a Honda engine car and he's winning so you know if you put those two things together as Senna found in his time you know you, you do you do get a fair degree of popularity in Japan um, but also it's, it's his popularity is is, is across um, the different audience age uh, bands as well but he's particularly dominant in the 35 to 54 uh, age group so I think it's um, I think Max will be quite gratified particularly when you consider that he's not like uh, super active I mean he has an active social media following but not like some of the other drivers I think it, this is a guy who does his talking on the track answering that is the driver who is very prolific on social media, Lando Norris, and he actually finished second in the vote with 13.7%, beating his compatriot Lewis Hamilton. And he ranked number one among female fans and was number one in all age groups under the age of 24 as well. And we see Lando, he does his Twitch streaming, he's prolific on social media, brilliant with his digital output. Charles, do you think that has been crucial in making him so popular among this younger generation of F1 fans? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's uh, he's he's right in a sort of uh, not a niche but that sort of new generation of people coming in he's really captured their imagination um, I think it's quite similar if you look back at some of the stats previously uh, Daniel Ricciardo was a driver who came in and made a very big impact back in the two, in the 2015 survey he's, he's kept obviously kept that uh, kept that fan base uh, around which obviously is centered around this fantastic personality he's got as well and I think also Lando being very open with the fans as well especially when he's talking about the um, you know the, the struggles with uh, mental health and other other issues around that I think that's that's really rewards him in, in the fact that people can relate to him um, you know he's, he's not been in Formula 1 very long uh, if you look, go back and look at Max's first first year in the, in our survey he, he was infinitesimal vote rating compared to, to where he's got to now so the fact that Lando's come in so, so hot straight away uh, is, is quite remarkable and also good to see Sebastian Vettel still still right up there in the uh, in the top five places again somebody who's got a, a real social conscience and is really working hard off the track and I think that really does help with his fan base to, to, to keep him in the limelight also. And Vettel also polled very well among fans who didn't have one favourite team that they said they supported quite a broad number of drivers and teams. So it kind of shows, I guess, the, the global appeal of Sebastian Vettel, which is really nice to see. Now, on the team side of things, Lando Norris, I think his contribution was key in McLaren being voted F1's most popular team with 29.5% of the vote. James, does it again lend itself to the popularity of both Lando and Daniel Ricciardo but also the great digital output that McLaren do to really target uh, particularly young fans yeah I think it's a combination of factors isn't it you've got two very appealing characters I think the Lando Carlos science narrative was fun that sort of bromance as it was built um, and then obviously now with Dan Ricciardo who, who has a, his own unique character as you say you know the way McLaren goes about it's very open and inclusive social media, I think, and, and, and general sort of marketing approach. It is led by a marketer, marketeer, isn't it? There's a Zach Brown, that's his background. So um, it's not surprising that, that 
um, you know, fan appeal and fan engagement would be high on their list of priorities as a team. And then on top of that, obviously, they were really in the doldrums when um, the last survey was done and were really struggling. Um, and it's great to see them, you know, having a renaissance on track. You know, they they won a Grand Prix during the during the time that this survey was out in the field. Um, and um, and I think it's been a really strong strong year for them and, and a strong couple of years. So I think it's a lot of different factors uh, all coming together for them. Uh, it was top ranked team in the UK, the US, Australia, Canada, Brazil. So it's it's really not just down to nationalities of um, of drivers. It's it's broader than that, which I think McLaren will take a lot of uh, a lot of uh, credit for. It's interesting you mention it coinciding with on-track success and sort of high points, I guess, in F1, because one team that hasn't had that of late is Ferrari, and it polled as the most popular team in 2017. It's down to third now with only 17.9% of the vote. Uh, Charles, do you think that, well, firstly, was it quite a surprise to see Ferrari fall off the top spot? But do you think it can also be explained by maybe the struggles it faced last year and to some extent this season as well? Yeah, I certainly was surprised that it had fallen back that far. Um, but also, as, as well as the, the struggle f- for performance, I don't think it did itself any favours with the way that it came to that agreement with the FIA over the over the engine uh, rules going forward. So I think it's it's that's kind of a sign of fans almost voting with their feet. Obviously, Ferrari is a fantastic brand. You know, it's, it's always going to have that fantastic cachet and uh, the the sport really does does need a strong Ferrari and it benefits when Ferrari are up there fighting at the front so I think this is probably more of a blip than anything um, but I'd certainly like to see them come back stronger and Carlos Sainz just doesn't seem to have captured the imagination quite so much as well obviously Charles Leclerc has a, has a quite quite a fan base and as, as we've said earlier being on those twitch streams and doing the esports stuff does certainly through lockdown did uh, capture the imagination especially along with the with the younger fans and the female fans so perhaps you know maybe maybe Carlos needs to raise his game a little bit more because you know we saw him much more active when he was at McLaren so perhaps he needs to do a little bit more on the on the Ferrari side now I think there's also they're paying a bit of a price for in the Riva Bene years when he was running the team they were quite closed weren't they Charles on their and Luke on their communications you know they weren't open they weren't as accessible either with the media or indeed with the with the social media that's now being you know remedied uh, they brought in the guy from Top Gear to be their sort of global head of content so a bit more of a resurgence on track uh, in the next few years together with what they're going to be doing uh, on social media probably will see them bouncing back again. I think we can all definitely see that and it's nice seeing two young drivers as well in Carlos and Charles they clearly get on I think that will hopefully only help them moving forward with that social and digital output so definitely good news for Ferrari I think as they move into the future and hopefully uh, make this as Charles said just a blip and another point that F1 fans are talking about a lot at the moment is sprint qualifying and that brings us on to the sporting regulation something that fans were asked about in this survey Uh, sprint qualifying it didn't get a hugely positive response from fans uh figures suggested that fans think it has marginally improved the show for f1 but they don't want it to see introduced every single race uh, we've heard stefano domenicali saying it could be add as many as six or seven grand prix next season james how do you think sort of f1 is going to look at the response to sprint qualifying because it's quite a, a i guess a sensitive topic and it's something they really want to push but fans don't seem to have been enamored too much by it yeah, they've done their own research on, on sprint qualifying, but it won't necessarily have been on the scale that, that we've done it. So I think they'll be poring over this data and having a really, really good look at it. And I have to say, I think broadly speaking, um, I would agree with the, with what the fans are saying here, which is that there is something there, 
Um, and in the right tracks, particularly ones where you don't have a massive field spread in the early laps of races, so you know, you've know you got a chance for things to change a bit, um, I think it has its place. I particularly enjoyed the Friday evening qualifying that comes as a consequence of the, of the, um, of the sprint qualifying. So I had a wonderful time, for example, on Friday night at Silverstone, and so did tens of thousands of other people. It was a lovely evening, and it was, it was a great idea doing qualifying at 6 o'clock. So I think there's, there's, there's definitely something there, but I, we just don't need to see it all the time. I think people really enjoy the qualifying format. Um, I know people who prefer that to the race. Uh, it's just a really nice structure. It's a nice format that, that we've had for a few years now. Um, and it's a really punchy hour of, of motorsport entertainment and, and a lot at stake. You know, there's a, the stakes are really, really high. And, and that's what people want to see, particularly when you've got a close competition battles for, for top 10 positions and pole position. Definitely. And we did see quite an overwhelming rejection in the survey to anything getting too artificial in Formula One, things such as reverse grids, fans made very clear they didn't want to see. And what was quite interesting as well, uh, older style uh, elements of F1, such as refueling, such as a tyre war, that was something that particularly the older fans were quite keen to see potentially returning in the future. And Charles, do you think that sort of shows that there is still this interest in, I guess, the more traditional routes for Formula One and how things were sort of 10, 15, 20 years ago? I think F1's ever going to forget that, you know, it's going to be at at, its core going forwards. Um, one thing I would say, though, is that I've, I've noticed quite a slide of, um, of of opinion when it comes to things like, you know, we want, you know, V12 engines back, we want a you know, tyre wall back, we want refuelling back. Uh, and I think that's the younger generation starting to balance it out. It's like, well, we're, we're actually quite enjoying what we're seeing. We'd like more of that. One thing that really comes across in all of these surveys is that fans do not want gimmicks. They don't want something that's just there for a bit of, you know, a short, sharp attraction. It's that they want to buy into something that's real. And I think something like uh, sprint races, I don't. Th- I think they're sort of almost liking what they see because they were still quite a positive response in terms of of sprint races. But obviously, a very negative response if you suggested this should be the norm. So I think that the I think James is spot on. I think there's something there. It's something that needs a bit of finessing going forwards, uh, and it's something that, they, that I think they should definitely try and play around with the formats and see how it goes. And on the traditional side of things, when fans were asked about the calendar, we saw a lot of love for the older venues that I guess have become become staples of the F1 calendar: Monza, Spa, Silverstone, Monaco, always dominating the fan vote. And there was a bit of a slight dip for Monaco. Do you think that maybe comes down to uh, Charles the idea of fans wanting? more overtaking on track and Monaco perhaps not delivering quite as much action as some of the other street races. Yeah, I mean, Monaco is just a law unto itself, basically, isn't it? You're never going to get a, a thrilling uh, a thrilling race unless something absolutely crazy happens. Um, it's, it's, it's not unusual, though, to see those sort of untouchable races always to be at the front, though, whether, you know, Monza, Silverstone, Spa, people want those absolute perennial races that you expect to be on the calendar. You know, and it's it's been great to see um, some of the, some of the newer tracks now. You know, Azerbaijan, Abu Dhabi, Sing- even Singapore. People to start with were very lukewarm towards it. it was suddenly like, well, actually, it's not so bad. You know, it's a fantastic atmosphere there. You can see the you know the night racing that goes on. 
Baku's obviously created some fantastic racing, uh, being a, a compl- and again, it's it's a track that's a real outlier in terms of you know that low downforce, but it's a street track and it's got a crazy bit in the middle of it. So I think people do like that sort of extra extra element, and it almost comes back to that sprint races. If you can finesse uh, a good idea like that, then you can make something some, something better. Um, and it's also been good to see that the tracks such as you know Zandvoort coming back has been fantastic. You know the French audience are loving the fact they've got a home Grand Prix again, uh, and and Austria seems to have really caught the imagination. You know it's 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 a it's a fantastic place to have a have a Grand Prix. The tracks come into for a bit of criticism with it being so short, but actually it's lent itself to lots of sharp action going on. So uh, I think I think the, uh, the the spread of the of those tracks is 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 really interesting. The, the popular tracks course and to finish off i'd like to take a look sort of at f1's future and where things are going and james this is something we spoke about when we first saw the data was just how many fans were interested in f1's sustainable fuel drive and something that f1 we know teams are talking about as we look towards the next generation of power unit and where f1 is going were you quite surprised by the number of fans who said they were so invested and interested in what f1 was doing with its uh, sustainable fuels moving forward yeah, no, it is interesting. I mean, I think, you know, they're up against it a bit, aren't they? Because everything you see, you know, every advert you see for cars is all about electric cars. You know, governments are only talking about electric futures, but there's over a billion cars on the road uh, with internal combustion engines. If you can put 100% sustainable fuels into them, um, then isn't that a very efficient way forward? Especially if you, you've got talking about hybrid engines, which is what Formula One is doing. So the story that Formula One has got to tell is a very powerful one. Uh, it's just really up against it in terms of, um, of what else is going on in the world. So I think it, it, it's really, I think, gratifying to see that 67% of, of fans um, are aware of Formula One's uh, drive towards um, sustainable fuels. And, and a lot of them, very significant number of them, uh, you know, really support that and think Formula One should be driving those kind of technologies. Um, Charles earlier on referenced, you know, Vettel being a, a campaigner. We heard only uh, recently from him about how there's a lot more that needs to be done on this, and obviously he's fully, fully behind this. So, I think you're going to see a lot more of that in the next few years. And I think when we do the next survey, uh, there's a lot of trends, trend lines that I'm looking forward to seeing how they play out, and um, uh, particularly that one. I think, uh, I think you'll see much higher numbers when we next do one of these. Absolutely. Well, we will look forward to that and seeing how F1 has progressed in another few years' time. But for the time being, if you want to check out the full report and all of the news coming from this brilliant fan survey, uh, you can check it out on motorsport.com and on Autosport. James, Charles, thank you ever so much for joining me today. And we'll see you on the next edition of the Autosport podcast. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.